This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Let's talk about movies. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today, Devin is having us watch a Disney pick like he usually does. Today we're talking about Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Whoa, hold up now. <laughs> what, is, that, is that not what we're, we're talking about today? That's what I watched. You are, oh, you are all so close. It is almost, it's, it's not even close to the same movie, but yeah. maybe we'll talk. Now today, today we are actually talking about um, Treasure Planet, the ni- two thousand and three Disney animated film. Yeah. Two thousand two, two thousand two. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I have two on IMDb. Okay, we'll talk. Um, so yeah, that's uh, today's main topic. Before we get into that, uh, we usually talk about things that we've been, just been watching in general. Um, in a segment we call, we watch this. And I'm going to start off today's segment on this, uh, not with something I've watched, but something that I've been listening to slash reading. Um, I've been reading the Mel Brooks autobiography, All About Me. How is it? It is the best autobiography that I have ever read. Um, Mel Brooks reads the audiobook himself. Um and it is phenomenal. So over the next few months, when I have you guys start watching old Mel Brooks movies that you've never seen, like the 12 chairs and <laughs> a bunch of other stuff, mm-hmm. uh, don't be surprised because it's all coming from this. Uh, he sings in it. Like it's not, you don't usually get singing from an audiobook, but he straight up sings springtime for Hitler. <gasps> and, um, the Inquisition, like I'm to that point in the book where I'm at history of the world part two. Um, but he talks about like his life growing up, serving in world war two, uh, meeting Gene Wilder, a whole bunch of stuff. And it is absolutely entertaining. There are moments in here that have made me laugh out loud, which is really hard for an audiobook to do, but his delivery in the audiobook is just phenomenal. And Mel Brooks is one of the funniest men alive. Um, He had a, I like the biggest thing that I've learned from this is that Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein came out in the same year, which I'd never realized. What? Yeah. Yeah. They both came out. They both came out in 1974 and he ends the chapter on Young Frankenstein saying all when all said and done, it it can be said that Mel Brooks had a much better 1974 than Richard Nixon. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. Uh, so highly recommend that if you're a Mel Brooks fan and stay tuned for a, a lot of Mel Brooks coming from me in the future on this show. Are there any Mel Brooks movies that you guys haven't seen that stick out to you? A few. Um, I found out just now that, or last weekend that I guess, um, is Dracula dead and loving in a Mel Brooks movie? He's involved in it. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because somebody pitched it as a as a as a Mel Brooks movie. I didn't know. All of Leslie Nielsen's career passed me up. But if this is a Mel Brooks movie, this is the one I need to see. Ryan, how about you? I the only Mel Brooks movies I know are really the ones that I've seen and the ones that are like classic Mel Brooks films. All of the other softer stuff, not you know, not just straight comedy stuff he's done. I don't really know. Yeah, I've never actually gone through his like director catalog. I think the only Mel Brooks film we've done on the show so far has been Blazing Saddles. Wow. Yeah, and because I I had never yeah. seen that up until a few years ago. 
Yeah, and I want to do High Anxiety with you guys, but there's a lot of Hitchcock films that you guys haven't seen yet that I want to get yeah. back to doing because mm-hmm. that's because that is my favorite Mel Brooks movie. Is the, High Anxiety. The, the chapter on High Anxiety tells you like his interactions with Alfred Hitchcock, and yeah. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's I did not know a lot of this stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very interesting. So I'm looking forward to talking about that when we do that. Have we all seen the original producers? No. I haven't. I have. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, we uh, could do a twofer. I'm happy to watch the musical again. You, you, I, 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 you, you, you have the weirdest okay. movie viewing history of anyone I've ever met. <laughs> you really. That's, why fair, I'm, that's literally why I'm here. To, to be fair, in high school, like a bunch of us just went hard on the producers' musical we did. movie. Um, I don't know if we can talk about the producers without talking about certain things i don't know if we can do that on twitch but fair, uh, fair. Devin, you've seen young frankenstein right oh my gosh so long ago but yeah i have okay okay all right well that that's what I've, that's what i that's what i've got for we watch this uh ryan Perfect. how about you well i've got uh the remake of firestarter uh my wife saw that it was advertised on peacock and she was interested in it. I was interested in it. I saw the original Firestarter when I was like in high school. I don't remember that much from it. All I know is that from that is that, uh, oh crap, what's her name? I can't remember her name. Drew Barrymore. Thank you. Drew Barrymore is a child actress in that one. Uh, Not too pleasant. But anyway, (laughs) this one, uh, this, the, uh, the, the child actress, knocks this movie out out of the park for her role um i wasn't sure about zach efron being a father but it actually he does a really good job too i would give this movie a solid seven just because i was a tiny bit disappointed in the ending but it's worth it if if you have peacock i recommend it it's a it's decent so i know the only thing that i've seen for this is the girl from this one on the Drew Barrymore show and Drew Barrymore just like uh, losing her losing her shit. Yeah. And just bawling uncontrollably. Like this is so and then the girl cries. I'm like, you just made a girl cry on television. Like she's out <laughs> here to do an interview, like doing press and you're just crying with her. Like that good luck with that interview you're about to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I do have Peacock. I might check this out. Um I'm more intrigued by the fact that my, my wife was just watching Peacock before we started the show. We were watching Girls Five Eva, um, and there was, a, <laughs> there, there was a commercial for ambulances now on Peacock. So that's yeah, I, I know that's that. absolutely what I'm watching after we do the show tonight. So <laughs> that is I a movie that I couldn't care less about. <laughs> I I don't care about it either. I just want to see how ridiculous Michael Bay got with it. So. <laughs> Devin, sadly, you didn't get a chance to watch anything this weekend. So I'm going to I'm going to take your your pick that you said you okay. were going to watch and talk about it for you. Good, please do. Chippendale Rescue Rangers dropped on Disney Plus this past weekend. Ryan, have you had a chance to watch this yet? No, but I really want to because I mean I have seen enough to, to I've seen enough to know what the premise is and I'm really okay. excited about it. I just haven't had the time. Let me tell you. This set such a high bar. This might be my favorite movie of the year, and I don't know if anything is going to pass it. I have not laughed. I have not laughed as much or as hard as I did in this movie. Uh, Wow. Andy Samberg and John Mulaney as Chippendale are hilarious. The, um, The cameos in this are insane. The Easter eggs in the background, like... It's pretty much in the same world as Roger Rabbit, where cartoons and humans live together. So, like, that's okay, the world sure. that you're you're in. Roger Rabbit's even in it. Ah, uh, but but it's like there's a poster in the background at one point because the whole thing's about like reboots and remakes. Like Dale wants to bring the Rescue Rangers back because he misses the show. Uh, the whole thing's about reboots and remakes, and like there's a poster for Batman versus ET. And fast, <laughs> fast and Furious Babies. And then Meryl Streep is Mr. Doubtfire. <laughs> so it's just her in a ball cap. <laughs> That's what like, the whole thing's about. But Shit. 
there is so much in this. Like the internet has been losing its mind over one character and it's very like, I don't know if I want to spoil it for you guys. If you don't know, do you want to know? Is it from another CGI movie that was made like yes. a while ago? Not a while ago. Standing in a door recent. frame. Uh, I don't know no. about door frame. I don't Is it, does it begin with an S? Cause I think I'm going to know what the yes. S one. Yes. <gasps> Tell me about it. I want to hear about it. Okay. Cause I know very little about this. So th- this is the, the one thing that my wife was not thrilled about with the movie is okay. how they get around a lot of these licensing issues and because it's all parody. So the main okay. main example of that is Ugly Sonic from Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> is in this as Ugly Sonic. And they call him Ugly Sonic the whole time and just make fun of his weird human teeth. But they, they, they <laughs> oh, get away funny. with it because it's parody. But Disney, it's a Disney film. And Disney's also like, yeah, you can't make fun of our stuff. We're going to sue you. Oh, right. But you can make fun the, of everyone else's stuff. The, the only the only thing that get, makes it okay for me is, one, like, the, the filmmakers behind this, like, the, the Lonely Islander behind this, like, those guys, ah. like, they, they're they doing it with the best of intentions. So I don't think it's as much as Disney doing it as we had this, these fun ideas. Let's let's do this the best way we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and their their lawyer had to be, like, watching every single frame of this to make sure they were clear but there's a lot of fun cameos uh a lot of weird cameos um and but if you if you like chippendale the the cartoon you're gonna be Mm -hmm. thrilled there's a lot of saturday morning or disney afternoon cartoon stuff in here um i i definitely think it's up both of your alleys how much? Okay, so real talk though. How much Chip and Dale do we need to know for this to really land? Because I I was more of a Ducktales guy. If I'm being you honest, you need to you need to know that Chip and Dale was a show. That's it. Oh oh okay fine perfect. And they yeah they they pretty much set it up for you everything that you need to know. Okay. So because I know that yeah. like there was like a gadget I think in it like there was like a sidekick they mm-hmm. had and I don't know too many about Monterey like, Jack. Yeah. Was he the big the big one? Yeah, he like the big fat rat. Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember him. Yeah. He he's like the main plot of the film. Like he goes missing and they have to rescue him. So. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This is this is the kind of stuff I want Disney Plus to be putting out, right? Where they're a little bit playful with their IPs. They're a little bit like clever with them. It's I don't know. It's not more Marvel and more Star Wars. So I'm more happy about this one. I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very happy with this. I would love to see yeah. a sequel to this. Um, I was kind of wondering if this was going to suffer from watching it at home without a crowd. Mm. But if I had seen this with a crowd, I probably would have laughed even harder, and I probably would have ended up in the hospital. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, this right now is my favorite movie of the year. So I gave it... Wow. Uh, on Letterboxd, I gave it five stars. So... Which is I mean, very yeah. rare for me. So look, I'm already sold on this because you had me at John Mulaney. So mm-hmm. I I definitely need to find time to watch it this week because this you you've yeah. now got me. And uh, there's a lot of dis like Disney Plus is like we talked about Peacock before. Disney Plus mm-hmm. is kind of taking the reins now with a uh, Friday with a little show called Obi Wan Kenobi dropping. Friday. Wait, when does that start? Is it this Friday? Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> oh shoot. Okay. I didn't know it was so soon. I th- I keep thinking that Obi Wan Kenobi is like. Months out. Nope. It's it's this week. Oh, Surprise! That actually made my week. Honestly. Yeah. Like, it's been a weird week. This is a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much does it for We Watch This. Now we get into the bulk of our show where each week one of us picks a movie that one of us at least has not seen. Uh, this week it was Devin's pick. Devin, tell us about your pick this week. Okay. So... Typically, in this portion of it, I go, well, this week we're going to be talking about the 2002 movie. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to start it different this week, okay? Okay. Alan and Ryan, I want to tell you a bit of a story. Okay. I'm going to take you back, all right? I'm going to take you back to the year 1985, all the way back then. A little movie named Black Cauldron just came out. Two animators on that movie, uh, John Musker and Ron Clemens, just hot on the heels of having finished a major Disney movie. Got put their heads together and said, we have 
the idea for the next best Disney movie. They then pitched it to Jeffrey Katzenberg, who was at the time head of Walt Disney Animation Studio, and said, Jeffrey Katzenberg, we have this amazing, amazing idea for a movie. And Jeffrey Katzenberg goes, ew, that's gross. Go make Great Mouse Detective. So they made Great <laughs> Mouse Detective. And they go, Jeffrey Katzenberg, we made Great Mouse Detective. Can we do our movie? He goes, ooh, almost. Let's do Little Mermaid first. So they do Little Mermaid first. Then he goes, Jeffrey Katzenberg, can we do our movie? They go, you haven't proven me yourselves as animators yet. You need to do another movie. So they do Little Mermaid and they do Aladdin. And then finally they pitch to him one more time before Jeffrey Katzenberg leaves. They said, Jeffrey Katzenberg, can we make our movie? He goes, only if you produce one more movie and it is a major hit, do I trust you enough to make a movie? So in 1997, uh, who is it? Musker and Clemens made Hercules, became a smash hit, and their passion project that they had been working on for over a decade now, literally at the time of Hercules, had a treatment written by the same people that wrote the plot, The Pirates of the Caribbean later, had a treatment for this script after Hercules' success could finally, finally make their passion project 2002's Treasure Planet. This movie, over a decade in the making at Disney, was a passion project by the people who literally pulled Disney out of the, the dirt, made the Disney renaissance, made your and my childhood magical. This is the movie they had wanted to make for so long. What did you guys think? So, they should have waited another decade. <laughs> All right. So, um, the only, I'll say this, the only thing I knew about this movie, like I had never seen this movie. I probably saw parts of it. Sure. The only thing I know, know from this movie is mm -hmm. the John Resnick song. I'm still here. That's it. That was, that was my jam. It was that and hero by Chad Kroger and Josie Scott. That was my 2002. Oh, so you liked it unironically, though. You genuinely liked the song. I like the No, I generally like the song. Not not oh. ironically at all. I like that song. Like, okay. Okay. And Ryan, what was your history with this movie? Did you see it before, or is this your first time watching it? This fell into a bunch of, uh, like, this movie is part of a bunch of actual, like, handmade animated movies that were made in, like, the late 2000, like, the early 2000s when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And I have no younger siblings, so I never saw them. So, like, this, Atlantis, The Road to um, El Dorado, like, stuff like right. that. I've always been interested in seeing them at some point, but never had mm -hmm. the chance. You you kind of gave me that chance, because after watching this, I went and watched Atlantis right away. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, because that's been on my list, too, personally, to watch. Okay. Um, for for me, but, this... I mean, I just kind of knew knew about it. Mm. I never knew any about the music or anything like that. So this was all like new, fresh. Nothing was spoiled for me. Okay. For me, for me, this blends in more with like Titan AE, which I think came out around the same time. I have a mm. comment about that, which I'll be talking about um... in a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I I thought it was fine. Like yeah, it, it wasn't offensive to me at all. Like like I can see <laughs> Ryan's point about maybe waiting a few years just technology wise but i think it looks great mm -hmm. um i think you've got a great cast in here um i was kind of expecting uh uh long john silver to be voiced by jim cummings for some reason <laughs> but it's <laughs> fair um yeah no i enjoyed it uh but before we go any further i need to t yeah. i need to talk to you about what i did research on oh i can't wait okay you Devin, what Devin, when did you join the show Devin, I Ryan, and I, Ryan and I have been doing this since 2016. Devin, when did you join? It was in 2018. It was the tail end of 2018. Yeah. So you've been yeah. on the show for almost three years at this point. Mm-hmm. How many times do you think you've made us watch a Disney movie in those three-ish years? Because I have mm -hmm. the number. Do you have the number? Okay. I have the number. Because my guess, my guess, genuinely, I made you watch... This one, we watched a couple of them, but not too many. My guess is it's probably like five. Is it five? 
Ryan, do you want to take a guess at how many he's made us watch? Because I'm trying to. It's got it's got to be close to or around ten. I'm going to throw that out there. Okay, five, seven, seven, Inclu- including this one. It is seven. <laughs> And there's only one time that we've made you watch a Disney movie, and that was Mary Poppins. Oh, right. Um, so what I think you guys should be doing is applauding me for my restraint in not every week being a Disney movie. You're all welcome. Well, almost every week is a Disney movie. That, so I, I, figured it, I figured this out. We all okay. have our own little uh, niches. So yours okay. is Disney. De- mm-hmm. Devin, Devin's Disney pick. Like, that's the yeah. thing. Uh, Ryan has the, like, 80s action. Like, the, 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 the Ryan's picks are pretty much action films from the 80s. Yeah. 80s, yeah. 90s, <laughs> and sports movies. Yeah. I'm all over the place. I don't have one. If you guys can figure out one for me, <laughs> I don't know what it is. And I, you could say one now, and I know my pick for next week is going to throw that off. So, um, I'll, have, I'll have to sit down and think about it then. Uh, but yeah, seven Disney films from you, Devin. And that wasn't counting wow. like our triple features. Oh, right. Because I'm sure I threw a Disney so, movie or two in there. Uh, well, you're but, all welcome. Yes. Just want, just thought that was fun. Like I went back and yeah. went to every episode and listened to the beginning of a few. I was like, dude, this sounds bad. So <laughs> we've gotten go better. And, we've evolved. Yeah. If you go back and listen to some of our older episodes, I apologize. <laughs> but yeah. So Devin, what do you want to talk about with Treasure Planet? Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about what you guys thought of the overall plot, because essentially this is exactly what you would expect it to be. The plot itself is a rehash of Treasure Island, but in space. We have seen rehashes of Treasure Island in a couple of different ways and a couple of different formats. You have all seen Muppet Treasure Island. I absolutely have not yet. It's still on my list of things to see. What did you guys think of this take on on that classic story? Did you guys like it? Was it just fine? I've heard it before. This had no new tricks. I don't really care. What did you guys think of that? I... Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting way to adapt things. Mm-hmm. It's like, take them to the future. Take them to space. <laughs> because I remember, like the late '90s, there was that Sherlock Holmes in the in the in the 23rd century. Oh yeah, wasn't there? Where Watson was a robot, and like yeah. Sherlock Holmes was like pretty much Fry from Futurama, and, <laughs> <laughs> and balled out. Uh, so I mean, it's it's an interesting take on it. Like, what if we did it in space? Like, what if we did Robinson Crusoe in space? Or right. Tarzan in space. Yeah. Um, I think it's a pretty fair adaptation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost went back and watched the Muppet Treasure Island after this. <laughs> um, but no, I enjoyed it as an adaptation. I think it's an interesting way to take the story and make it accessible for, for kids who are like, I don't want to watch this pirate movie with these th- that looks old. Like, because Disney made Treasure island back yeah. in the 60s um and that's a trip if you ever want to go back and watch something weird that's a trip is it weird uh i remember watching the original <clears throat> like that yeah. one and i remember looking at my dad he was like 10 or 11 years old when mm-hmm. i saw it and i remember looking at my dad and i said this is a disney movie <laughs> <laughs> and when you see it you'll understand because it's mm-hmm. no different than like bonanza or like oh, any ew. like western with like you know how many people die in it <laughs> oh okay fair it's one of those things but it's definitely it shows its age it's def it's a trip to watch <laughs> <laughs> it's a tri- so ryan i think you've seen more treasure island adaptations than i have at this point especially if you've seen that one how did this one rank for you see before i get to how i rank it yeah yeah um like i like the overall story of treasure island mm-hmm. i find it to be fun it's it's definitely geared towards kids and mm-hmm. I'm fine watching the same story play out in different genres, in mm-hmm. different sceneries. Like that doesn't, that doesn't phase me. It, it never goes stale because I want to see what the creators do and make it their own. Um, and it's at that point where I found a lot of issues with this. 
Well, let I go. Ready, go. I want it. I want all of it. <laughs> Biggest one. Biggest yes. one. Yes. They're on wooden sailing ships with mm-hmm. like steam punkish futuristic nuclear technology. So it's a real mix of like steampunk and like atomic punk, like science fiction going on at the same time. Yes. Um, but the ships are not enclosed. Mm-hmm. They're just free walking on the decks in space. Ah, ah. Go, they have go artificial. Out. They have artificial gravity. I'm not talking about artificial gravity. They are walking on the outside of the ships in space that are not enclosed. This took me a while. This took me until the most recent viewing to catch. And then I looked it up to make sure I wasn't wrong. This doesn't take place in space. This takes place in the ether. That's another thing. Okay, then this move... Okay, no, no. There's no... My... My thing froze. Okay, good. Now I'm yeah. back because yeah, you guys yeah. froze and I didn't want to, you know, you guys to miss what I was about mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. Then that should have been stated and not just straightforward science fiction. Oh, look, we're in space. There's stars. There's planets. This this movie's called Treasure Planet. And for all the casual viewer knows is that they're in space, free walking outside of a ship with no suit or enclosed ship thing. That was my first biggest thing to get around in this mm-hmm. movie. I mean, that'd be like doing two, 20,000 leagues under the sea and having them on a sailing ship with no pressurized suits <laughs> and just breathing water with air lungs. <laughs> Breathe. Avatar 2 in theaters this December. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> For real, though, it's going to be that. So uh, this is this is where I caught this. Go ahead, Alan. Well, I, I was just going to a quick rebuttal to all that. I just yeah. assumed there was a forest field and they were fine. Like I didn't really, it didn't really, I was able to suspend disbelief enough to not, that not be a problem for me. Well, see the, but, the thing, like every single space thing I've ever seen, it's enclosed spaceships. And if it's not, they're in a suit or it's explained that, oh no, they, they can live in space. That's okay. Or something, you know, something along like activate force fields. Like I'd have no problem if like they were like activate the artificial gravity. Okay, activating the gravity and then mm-hmm. activating something else and then showing like a weird like force field dome thing, like enclose the top of the shift, then go away and be invisible. I wouldn't be doing any of this if they would have done that. <laughs> see, that's so- I just assume we didn't see it. Devin, go ahead. So I, this is what got me. On this viewing of it, I literally heard the narrator, who is Tony Jay, who is a, essentially the voice of your childhood and my childhood. He did Beauty and the Beast. He did Tom and Jerry, the movie Thumbelina, Lion King, Scooby-Doo, Hunchback of Notre Dame, the Rugrats movie, uh, Jungle Book. He did, he did a lot. So the opening narrator in the movie, the first line of it is, on the clearest of nights, when the wind of the Ethereum were calm and peaceful, and then they never say the word Ethereum ever again in the movie. And I went, what is the Ethereum and why did I miss this? So I looked up Ethereum and that's just what the space is. It's just, it's just a blow-in thing because I had that same problem. And I was like, I did Alan's, Alan's mental gymnastics where I went, okay, fine. They have, they have bubbles, they have force fields, we're not seeing them, they're implicit, it's fine. But then like space whales show up and I went, okay, space whales can breathe in space. And then there are, like, times when they flex it a bit, where, like, Jim's flying around on his little, like, surfboard thing, and he's not in the bubble that would be the thing. And I'm like, well, is it a mini bubble that we're not seeing? But it's in this world, space is called Ethereum, and you can just breathe out there. And trust me, it's fine. Okay. Because even the space (laughs) whales didn't even do anything for me, because there have been plenty of other things that I've watched where they have, you know, the vacuum of space, and there are, like, galactic creatures that just float between planets. So, like, Mm -hmm. that's not foreign, that's not a foreign thought to me. So the whole space whale thing didn't make me think, well, maybe this isn't outer space and a vacuum and getting your organs pulled out of your mouth. You know, like that type of a thing. See, I'm used to space whales because of Star Wars. Are there space whales in Star Wars? In Rebels, yeah. Yeah. What? And in Star Trek, there's a few episodes where they have like interdimensional, like intergalactic creatures that float out in space. 
I'm yeah. missing something. I didn't know any you of are. this. Wow. Yeah. Devin, did you know that the the warp engines on the Enterprise are powered by whales? No, they're not. Don't do that. Yeah, they are. No, they they're are. not. They Wait, are. Wait, was that was that the plot of that movie where they needed to bring whales back to the Earth? No, in the future, like <laughs> Enterprise on Next Gen, there were whales powering the warp engines. Who writes for this show? I, uh, I I genuinely didn't know it got that trippy. My the way Star Trek was was set was said to me is that Star Trek is the better sci-fi thing because it is all plausible. Where all of their stuff is lithium, and we have that technology now, it becomes plausible. I wasn't told space whales make their spaceship go. No, not, not space, space whales. whales. Not space whales. Whales. I hate it, guys. I Alan, hate it. Alan, 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 you're referencing <laughs> that the, the thing on lower decks, right? Not only lower decks, like if you look at the manuals for the Enterprise from Next Gen, there is yeah. a department uh, that I'll look up the name of it quick. Okay. But there is a department on there's a uh, part of the ship that is um, named for the whales that power it. They never show it on the show, <laughs> but yeah. it's implied that the whales yeah. are there. And then in lower decks, they go more into it and actually go yeah. into the room. Yeah. I mean, that's a fun exploration of that. I think that's cool. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But Ryan, yeah. Yeah. keep going with those sweet, sweet problems. I love it. Okay, so that and aesthetic and this is totally a me thing that's coming okay. up okay this is totally a me my my taste and aesthetics and stuff mm-hmm. like that so by all means this is not like all oh, these animators suck they don't know what they're doing this is a total me thing i feel like they push the envelope a little bit too far on the like 1700s 1600s like style and architecture Okay. And a bit too much into this whole sci-fi realm. I'm fine with them wearing clothing that looks like, you know, that's from that, you know, like Pirates of the Caribbean era style of clothing. That's fine. It's whatever. It's when everything else is the way they Mm -hmm. cook, the way they clean, the way they live. Absolutely everything is like 1700s, except for where their towns are located and their vehicles and literally none of the technology that goes into how they travel has filtered into their everyday life. You know, where it's that really bothered me because I was all set up for like a steampunk thing because of the cops, Mm -hmm. the robot Mm -hmm. cops. And then it went straight past steampunk and right into like atomic punk. And it it just, it never got that mixture right for me. And the entire time I'm just like, can we please just not craft everything like it's 1742, please. Like, (laughs) and so it was my thing of balancing between how are they breathing and why doesn't the chef have like a better form of cooking than what he's doing? Like it, 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 it constantly went back and forth like that. I it just, it was one of those things where it was like, I'm happy that they made it. I'm happy that there's people out there that really like this movie. I found out that there's kind of like a cult following for this there is, yeah. film and that's fine. If you like it, enjoy it. That's perfect. That good. Fine. Go. I'm never going to tell you that it sucks, <laughs> but I'm probably never going to watch this movie again on my own will. <laughs> You know what? And and just to not, just to let you know specifically where I stand, I am absolutely in that cult of people that love this movie. Like, I I think that it has its problems. I think that it's quirky. We'll talk about some of the things that I think, but I do love it. And and I am one of those people that I do kind of like the like the mix. It's almost like a seventy thirty mix of like seventeen hundreds technology plus like space aid technology, just kind of grafted onto it for like whenever it needs to be around. Did you just come up with that number? Because I saw that number when I was looking up stuff for that for the movie too did a lot of research on okay. this movie i uh, wish did, i came up with that number okay <laughs> i was making sure so it was 70 percent which one 70 percent original material 30 percent sci-fi it was 
yeah, 70% like, you know, 1700s kind of deal, about 30% sci-fi. The music even follows this as well. So it's about 70% orchestral, 30% very 2000s rock. Not even that. Like, it's like, it's Google Dolls. Like, it's John Resnick from it Google Dolls. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's all yeah. it is. Um, Which I don't, like, I don't know if I, if, like, in the context of the film, I don't know if that song works. I think it works about as much as uh, as any Phil Collins does in the movie Tarzan, where Phil Collins is just kind of singing about stuff tangentially related to what's going on over montages of Tarzan doing stuff. So basically the chorus fits, nothing else does, but that's enough for the people making the film to go, hey, let's just throw this in here. I think it was a 2000s vibe. I really do. No, like it, whole, it is. I think it was that, that era. I mean, the ni- I think the 90s are guilty of that, too, because Tarzan was 99. Yeah. So yeah. I think it carried over into this century. Um, I mean, I think that kind of goes back a while, though, to, like, The Lion King, though, too, because you had, like, The Lion King started it with, with uh, Elton John. Like, Elton John yeah. isn't singing the songs, but he's definitely behind those songs, and that led to, well, let's get Phil Collins in to do tarzan and then let's have the guy from the google dolls not even the google dolls the guy from the google dolls do a song for treasure planet well and even to some degree if you guys have ever seen brother bear brother bear does the same thing i think it got phil collins back where mm-hmm. it's like this song isn't really what's going on on screen the characters aren't singing it but you get you get it guys you get it and by the time you get to frozen 2 it's weezer so <laughs> it is weezer isn't it oh yeah. Frozen things get weird in Frozen too. Um, so, what did you guys think? I'm curious I like about Frozen too. Oh, I loved Frozen too. I almost made you guys watch it, by the way. Um, but I didn't because I'm saving myself because uh, Disney. <laughs> um, anyway, what did you guys think of the the animation in this? Because this is one of the the I'll say last, but it's definitely in this era where you can tell that Disney's experimenting more with CG technology. They use a very specific type of CG technology in here, as well as pure CG, and I'll go into that a bit later, that definitely gives this movie its own unique look. And sometimes this look does not pay off. Like, I've seen, especially movies around this era, happen, and you can go, okay, that's hand-drawn, but that's computer background, and they don't quite look like they're in the same place. And it doesn't quite mesh and fit very well. Did you guys, like, see any of that in here? Did it work for you? I think it worked for me because it's such a, it looks like that time period. Like it looks like films that I'm like when I first opened Disney plus the aspect ratio didn't fill my screen, but it didn't look bad. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I can see that this was made for like VHS. And like, this is made of that, that early two thousands era. So I I thought it looked fine for the time. Like, Mm -hmm. Like you look at Snow White and you're like, yeah, it looks fine for the time. It was the first one. Like, <laughs> like it wasn't as jarring as like that, but uh, I can. De- I think it definitely has a good mix of CGI and um, hand animation. Yeah. Did you have the same, Ryan? The only part that really threw that I know that it like really was noticeable for me mm-hmm. was during the whole like portal thing. Oh yeah. That's that's the only time where I was just kind of like, okay, so that's hand drawn flying through, and uh, that's just computer animation, the whole background. Um, but it wasn't bad, just like Alan, like it fit for the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice any weird stuff is with the uh, with with the ratio on the screen, simply because it's an early two thousands animated movie. Yeah, so it, it is what it is. It's just going to fit that. Like, that's just yeah. what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So I was actually really curious about what the animation is in here, because there is a couple of parts of it that really stand out to me that didn't feel like they fit. So well, the first thing that they did is obviously they did hand animation for, you know, for a lot of the main characters. Uh, for the background and specifically for the ship, they did a technique that I learned about called deep canvassing, which essentially what it is is they model the environment or model the object on a computer They then, instead of coloring it in or filling it in with computers, they send that computer rendering to animators who animate the texture and then upload the animator's texture into the computer again. 
So it's essentially this hybrid of modeled thing plus hand-drawn animation. They do it most notably in any of those scenes in Tarzan where he's like, he's like walking or like skimming on the branches. Like they're not hand-drawing feet of branches. They deep modeled those branches. The ship in this is entirely deep modeled which makes a lot of sense because there are some kind of wonky things with the ship whenever you see it go. But a lot of the characters are hand-drawn, the towns are hand-drawn. And then specifically, uh, Long John Silver's arm is, uh, is completely CGI. And I think that's actually a really cool effect because I think it blends in very well with him and his character design. Where I think it fails, for me at least, is Ben. Ben is a 3D model um that is then kind of rendered in two dimensions and maybe it's just it's martin short's character the robot and maybe it's just him but i think it's the weakest part of the movie i think visually he's the weakest part and i think comedically he is and i love martin short and i hate saying that what do you guys think yeah this is my third yeah Yeah, go 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 for it this was my third strike on the movie <laughs> yeah, like it's like when when you listed off the cast last week, I forgot that you mm-hmm. said Martin Short. If you did, yeah, uh, and mm-hmm. then I saw that he was in it. I was like, I'm about 45 minutes into this. Where the hell is Martin Short? <laughs> my <laughs> thing, my thing was like I had no idea. Like I'm I'm not with actors and stuff like you guys are. So I'm watching it. Ben shows up, and my first instinct was. I didn't know Robin Williams was in this. And then like five seconds later, I'm like, that's not Robin Williams. And then five seconds after that, I'm like, they got someone to act like Robin Williams doing the voice of this robot. Mm. And I was like, I hate this. I hate this character. Like that's how it came across to me. mm -hmm. And so that's why like, that was my third strike on this movie. I'm like, it's in this movie's enjoyable. It's fine. But if they wanted to have, if they wanted this robot to, you know, have characteristics of like timing and jokes like Robin Williams, they should have casted Robin Williams. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's doing a Robin Williams impression. I think he's definitely Martin Short. Like Martin I Short guess. is as chaotic as Robin Williams at times. Because this is like Martin Short in the Jiminy Glick days of his career. Uh, if you know who Jiminy Glick <laughs> is. I do not, but all I can say is that the first minute and a half that that character is on screen, Mm. it is 100%, as far as I'm concerned, vocal mannerisms of of, um, Robin Williams. Yeah. I just looked up Jiminy Glick, and and I I don't know the character, but I can see the connection. Yeah. I mean, Jiminy Glick was a, like... uh, a character that he did on his own show called Jiminy Glick primetime Glick, um, where he would, uh, it was a talk show parody featuring the obese host, Jiminy Glick, who usually knows nothing about his guests and hurts veiled in hurls veiled insults at them during his interviews. So (laughs) no, it was, it's very funny. So it's Martin short in a fat suit. Um, so he would like interview Martin Short, like tell me about Treasure Planet, like and get like very like loud and like, wow, like well you're doing a Robin Williams like impression, like he was like yeah. get really in their face about it and like it's very funny. I'll have to find some clips to send to you guys. See, to me, I feel like Space Ghost Coast to Coast filled that gap for me when I was growing up. <laughs> I never watched an episode of that. I know what it looks like. I've never seen a single episode of Space Ghost. Of Coast to Coast or the 70s cartoon? Both. both. Very much both. You don't need to see the 70s cartoon to understand that the character is a joke and to uh, love and appreciate Space Ghost Coast to Coast. I recommend just going back and watching it. It doesn't matter that it's been like 30-some years. Just go back and watch it. It's wonderful. (laughs) So I wanted to get your read on on something. Uh, Just kind of back on Treasure Planet quick. So the movie cost $180 million to make. This was Disney's most expensive movie at the time. Part of it was because of the deep canvassing and the use of CG in it. And and because, you know, Clemens and Musker were kind of given the reins to make whatever they wanted. And they're like, we're doing it to the walls. And they did. Um, 
it only returned a total of 110 million about 32 percent of that was domestic box office it premiered fourth at the box office when it premiered and never cracked higher than four I want to hear your guys' thoughts on why you think this happened because I have a couple of, of ideas on my own, but you guys think, I mean, and it could be as easy as it wasn't a good Disney movie at the end, but why do you guys think it, you know, why do you think it didn't do as well? What else was out at the, around that time? That's what I'm looking up. I know one thing. So yeah. it was November, 2002. So Guess I what know was out. Uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yep. And that's one of the big ones. And it was basically going at the same age group. Yeah. So, so the uh, the domestic box office for November two thousand and two mm-hmm. for the whole month, Treasure Planet ranked thirteenth. Above it was Ghost Ship. Half oh. oh, I love that movie. Half Past <laughs> Dead. Oh, Sweet Home Alabama is at number ten. Not surprised. Friday after next is number nine. Definitely good. My, <laughs> my big fat Greek wedding, which came out in April of that year, was number eight. I oh, was dragged no. to see that movie twice. Number set number seven was I Spy with Eddie Murphy and Owen Wilson. Wow. Number six, Jackass the movie. And then running out the top five, The Ring. There. Die Another Day, Pierce Brosnan's last Bond movie. Gross. Eight Mile, The Santa Claus 2, and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Some of those hurt. As a fan of this movie, some of those really hurt. Some of those make total sense. But it did better than The Tuxedo with Jackie Chan, so that's something. And you know what? I saw that in theaters. I remember seeing that in theaters. Again, you have the weirdest. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. Have you seen Ghost Ship? I've seen the opening to Ghost Ship. Okay, so you haven't seen it though. No, not at all. Okay, to be honest, the rest of the movie is really tame compared to the opening. I mean, the opening like stuck with me and haunts my nightmares. Like it's a heck of an opening. Yeah, but like I said, the rest of the movie is kind of tame compared to the Mm -hmm. opening. But I love Ghost Ship mainly because I went to go see Ghost Ship. Because I'm a, I was a huge fan, still am a big fan of Mudvayne. And oh, okay. their song is prominent in that movie. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to see this. And I, and I was not upset at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, they used it quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, Alan, you might, just back on this movie quick, you might understand, or it might feel more like what I had. So I, I don't know movie release cycles very well. To me, if you had to give me this movie and say, when are you releasing it, Devin, you are Disney, I would have picked this as a summer movie. I mean, mostly because of the setting and ships and pirates and fun. This feels like a summer movie for me. It feels wrong that this came out in November. But if if you're Disney and you have two animated films, one is Treasure Planet and Mm -hmm. the other one is Lilo and Stitch, which takes place in Hawaii, which one are you going to release over the summer? Was that also 2002? Yes, because mm-hmm. it it, oh. they were both nominated for Best Animated Picture that year. Okay, then A, that's a no-brainer, and B, I want to get on this, this movie's marketing and be mad about it, because I remember Stitch was everywhere. I remember they had, like, a Beauty and the Beast trailer where he, like, crashed the thing or, like, wrecked the chandelier. He was in all these other Disney movies. I think he, like, threw Simba off of Pride Rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stitch is still everywhere. Like, he yeah. has, there's an anime, I think, going on, or a... Um, yeah, there's an anime over in Japan right now of Stitch. Wow. Yeah, uh, and you can still buy Stitch merchandise wherever you go. Um, yeah. So I, I think Stitch is more marketable. Like you have a character there that you can sell plush dolls for, for the next twenty years, because that's what that's what's happened with Stitch. I, I don't think anyone's really. You can't really. What's the what's the little ball thing's name that morph. You can't really sell them more if like you like, what's it going to be like a pile of slime? Right. I mean, or it could just be like a ball with eyes and and it's not going to be able to do anything like, like he does in the movie. So, I mean, I think, I I, I think I remember seeing the trailer for this in front of stitch at the drive-ins because I, I definitely remember the trailer for this. So it was Mm -hmm. marketed, but I definitely, those stitch trailers, 
Lilo and Stitch trailers stand out more in our memory because they did that marketing campaign where they made fun of every Disney movie. Yeah. I mean, I think it's easier to market for something like Stitch mm-hmm. than it is to market for a sci-fi version of Treasure Island. In all honesty, like how yeah. would how because to me honestly this movie mm-hmm. coming out in November it fits because as far as I'm concerned anything that's from like the 1800s and back let's say between like let's say between anything that's set between 19 uh, um 1899 mm-hmm. and uh, um and 1699 okay mm-hmm. during that 200 years to me is automatically going to have a fall feel to it because okay. growing up as far and as being a US citizen and growing up in this country mm-hmm. th- the only time that I was really forced that era during my education was around Thanksgiving okay you know what I see that okay so we talked a lot about the 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 films that led up to this that mm-hmm. the the creators had to go through to get to this. Mm-hmm. And I'm noticing a trend with those films that this one kind of breaks away from. And I also wonder if that has something to do with it's, I don't want to say failure, but it's failure. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say it, but I will. Um, and that's the fact that it's not a musical. Yeah. The other films that you listed all have musical numbers that the characters sing. Like, so like, like from Little Mermaid to Hercules, like there are musical numbers in that. And here you get the Google Dolls music video. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that, that's it. Do you like, can you name another Disney animated movie that. That isn't a musical that is, is successful, like Lilo and Stitch is one. But even the music in that is pretty dominating with like Hawaiian yeah. roller coaster ride and Elvis. Elvis. I would say, and, and I don't even know if this is a big a big one, but I mean, I'm a Disney nerd, so it's big among my weird circles, is The Great Mouse Detective, which is the last one that they worked on. It was the first one that they had worked on after their failure of Black Cauldron. I mean, Black Cauldron almost sank the company. Mm-hmm. And then they were sent to Great Mouse Detective, which did better than that, but isn't like I didn't, I was just at Disney. I didn't see any merch for Great Mouse Detective. Well, and then, but... It makes me wonder if part of the reason that the that stretch of films that got them the Treasure Planet was so successful was because of the musical aspect, because all of those shows, I think, have at least been on Broadway at one point now. You're right. Yeah, you're absolutely and right. I, maybe maybe not Hercules, but I know I saw a, a stage adaptation of that on the Disney cruise ship when I went in two thousand and two thousand and two. 2001 Disney, somewhere in there Disney cruise ship shows are bananas and are a special treasure in and of themselves I'll say that because they even did a musical version of Toy Story no one asked for that no one wanted it but Disney Cruise Line stepped up to the plate I'll be impressed when they do a Poseidon show <laughs> I want that I want that now. <laughs> so you know yeah oh, go ahead. Go, no you go ahead so speaking of movies in and around this movie, uh, one of the things that probably won't surprise you is that Musker and Clemens were so sure that this was going to be a hit that they <laughs> completely planned out a sequel for the movie. Uh, I'll read you the quick synopsis. Let me know if you guys would see it knowing what you do. Is it based on the novel uh, Treasure Planet 2? <laughs> it is. Is there a Treasure Island 2 novel? No, there's not. Oh, darn. So it's... Jim Hawkins and Kate, his love interest and classmate at the Royal Interstellar Academy, must team up with Long John Silver to stop the villainous Ironbeard from freeing the inmates of Botany Bay Prison Asteroid. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, no, is the answer to that. What if I told you they already secured a contract before it was canceled with Willem Dafoe to play Ironbeard? Because they did. Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> i i i want to i want to picture that his iron beard is like taika watiti's black beard in my our flag means death <laughs> i mean they have concept art of it and it looks cool like it's along the same kind of aesthetic it would have been neat i would I'm, watch it i'm very surprised that it didn't get a sequel because everything else got a straight to video sequel um 
but I guess well, imagine... they. I think they just went hard on Stitch. Like I think that's what happened, yeah. because you had three Stitch movies. Uh, two went straight mm-hmm. to video. You had the Lilo and Stitch series, um, and then you had. Uh, yeah, like I think they, I think they they looked at it and like, okay, Lilo and Stitch is marketable. Mm-hmm. We can sell Stitch dolls from now until the end of time. Um, Mohana means family. <laughs> I mean, look, I was just at Disney. I could have stayed in line for a picture of a twenty-year-old in a Stitch costume. Literally now, like I could have done that. I didn't, but I could have. Also, I'm not against Disney pictures. I love them, by the way. Just putting that one out there. I'll, I act all reductive about it. I pose with all of the Disney characters. <laughs> I um, posed with Chewbacca the last time I was at Disney, but I was wearing my Death Star shirt. Yes. And he pointed at it, and the little, I guess they pushed a button, mm-hmm. and it made him growl a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. I, I haven't been to Disney since 2001, so it's been over 20 years since I've been to Disney. So rub it in. Jerks. Dude, you gotta go. You gotta go. I, I know. I'm um, going in August. So, <laughs> so the last thing I wanted to bring up, and, and it wasn't even gonna be anything to bring up, but Ryan, you mentioned it. How is Atlantis? I have special memories of Atlantis. I loved Atlantis to death. Haven't I am seen it saying in almost this. 20 years. I'm saying this because I saw it this morning. Okay. It is fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. It is the best animated Disney cartoon I have seen that I'm seen for the first time mm-hmm. in the past 24 hours. <laughs> fair. Totally simply, fair. Simply because like, I was not expecting Atlantis to be as good as it was. I mm-hmm. was not expecting to be like, oh, this is starting off like Stargate. I like Stargate. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, like, this is cool. This is reminding me of what of one of my favorite movies Mm -hmm. and then they go to they they go on their way to atlantis and i'm like oh that's a really cool submarine this is like you know this is you know this is really good turn of the century like science fiction this is great i'm like people are dying people are actually (laughs) like they're drowning oh my god this is real this is they're not pulling any punches and like i really like atlantis i really like like there is not to me. There's no bad parts to it. Okay. Like there's not. Wasn't there a sequel to Atlantis, or am I making that up? Yes. No. No. There was. They have it advertised on uh, on Disney Plus. It's called Milo's Milo's uh, Return. R- R- Return, and they're being chased by an ice beast. So I'm going to assume that Elsa's powers uh, <laughs> go into like the movie universe of Atlantis and causes problems, and they have to fight back. And Another reason why I really like Atlantis mm-hmm. is because the lead, because the lead character's name is Milo, and I guarantee the people who wrote that movie were big uh, D- Descendants fans because all I could think of was Milo goes to college. I wonder, <laughs> Alan, have you seen Atlantis? No, I don't think so. I think I, I've probably seen it as much as I saw Treasure Planet before today. It's Michael J. Fox and Father Guido Serducci's phenomenal in it. I mean, that's if if that in the visual design isn't enough to make you watch it, I'm not going to make you watch it. I'll I put it am, to you this way. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go. Continue. Oh, say Leonard Nimoy's in it. Yeah, I was at my thing was <laughs> that I it was just after the Robin Williams thing, I looked up the cast for Treasure yeah. Planet. And I'm looking at the cast, and I'm like, man, like, I was really hoping it was Robin Williams. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then I went and I watched this, and I went to look at the cast for Atlantis, and I'm like, oh, this is this is redemption. This is what I was looking for. <laughs> like, the people who are in it are, I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, yeah but, there's there's a lot in there. <laughs> well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you liked that one. I remember liking it. I'm glad it holds up. I I'm gonna have to rewatch it at some point too. Yeah, no, but it it definitely holds up. That's all I have for Treasure Planet. Anything else, guys? Not that I can think of. Um, yeah, I, I I got nothing. Well, thanks for thanks for taking this trip back to my memory lane and 
checking out this one of my cult classic favorite movies with me, guys. I it's totally fine if not of all of you liked it. I love it, it and it's it, my thing. It's it, it's one of those things where like, and I always tell people this whenever I tell them I don't like something because, mm-hmm. like, if for anybody out there with 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 anything because I feel like this is something that people have to eventually learn. Everyone has to learn this. If you love something mm-hmm. and someone else doesn't like that, don't be offended. Don't don't feel bad for liking something because other people don't like it too. If you like it, that's all that matters. So if, you know, your buddies make fun of you because I don't know, you like the movie speed racer and keep on watching the movie speed racer. If it makes you happy, keep on watching it. <laughs> like it's a masterpiece, as, Ryan, and as an go, example, oh, it is. As far as along, I'm concerned, it is. And to go along <laughs> with that, if you really mm-hmm. don't like something, that's fine. You're yeah. completely valid in having that opinion. Don't need to be shoving it in people's faces that you that like the thing. And on that note, I'm really looking forward to Kenobi this weekend. I can't wait to see the internet react to it. <laughs> oh, it's going right to be into the Star mess. Wars fandom. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> I mean, like, this weekend is just packed full of stuff coming out. Like, not only is it Top Gun, but we got Kenobi dropping. Right. Um, I almost went to see Top Gun tonight because they're doing this uh, remix preview, and I was like, "Yeah, it started now, so I, I wouldn't have made it." Um, but I want to see it in Screen X. But so you got to- Top Gun Maverick coming out this weekend. Kenobi's dropping on Friday. Stranger Things, the f- season four part one, which is like seven episodes that are all like five hours long, evidently. <laughs> Holy cow. Like each episode is over an hour long. So I'm going to be starting that on Monday. And by the time we get to the show on Tuesday, I'll still be watching it. Um, but yeah, um, we have a lot to talk about next week for we watch this. So, yeah. Um, but uh, I think that does it for Devin's pick for this week, mm-hmm. which was Treasure Planet. Next week is my pick. And um, you guys can see the board behind me, right? I can, yeah. Okay. My pick is on the board behind me. Can you guess what my pick is for next week? Is it Zorro? No, it is not Zorro. Ryan, Mm. do you want to make a guess? You're talking about your button board, right? Yeah, my button board Mm -hmm. behind me. The only buttons that I can really make out are is the stuff that I know that I've that I've really seen. Okay. So mm-hmm. I can't really give a, a guess, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> Devin's never seen Power Rangers <laughs> the movie. He's never seen the Power Rangers movie? No. Oh it, my god, I can't wait to actually see sky correct? surfing again. Devin, I'm correct, right? I specifically was not allowed to watch this movie because when it came out, I was young, very young. And when I would watch Power Rangers on TV, I would then go punch my sister pretending that she was a bad guy in Power Rangers. I was banned from all things Power Rangers and never watched this movie. I cannot wait. Yeah. So uh, the summer is kicking off this weekend. So I'm my theme for the next few months is going to be summer blockbusters. And we're starting it off with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. So, uh, if only I, if only I had something to put behind me for next week's show, I'm sure, (laughs) I'm sure I'll think of something. Um, I wish I had something to wear too. (laughs) Nothing. You got nothing. As long as it's not the red Ranger. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, because Power Rangers is in the news now too. Um, yeah, it is. Luckily, oh. luckily he's not in this movie. Uh, but we can talk about yeah, that true. Next that's week. right. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. So yeah, tune in next week for my pick, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers: The Movie, um, which I cannot wait to deep dive on because as much nostalgia as I have for it, I know it's not good, and I cannot wait to talk about it with you. <laughs> I can't wait to see Devin's reaction to it. I mean, personally, me, I, I, I thought 
sky surfing was the coolest thing when I was younger. And the fact that they opened with that in the movie makes me happy. And I can't wait to rewatch that scene and think, oh, my God, this is the lamest thing I've ever seen in my life. Why did I think this was so cool? <laughs> Ryan, you just gave me an idea for a reel that you and I can get together and shoot this weekend. So uh... We are not going skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> you are not getting me on a plane with a parachute. That's Done. not happening. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that does it for this week's show. Just a reminder, we will be at Main Street Comic Con at in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania in June. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, the details are in the chat. Just click the Facebook event and check that out. Uh, the dates for that are, I forget. Uh, <laughs> June 26th. June 26th. Ryan and I will be there. We're already starting some get to gather some of our giveaways. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So hope to see you there. Uh, in the meantime, you and for more updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram to find out where we're going to be and what we've got in store for the convention. You can also listen to you have to watch this podcast on all major podcasting platforms. You can visit our website, rum runners, podcast network.com forward slash. You have to watch this pod. You can also check out all the other rum runners, network podcast network podcast while you're there and um until next time for you have to watch this podcast i'm alan i'm ryan and i'm devin and uh, mohana means family and family means no one gets left behind oh we except talk- for silver <laughs> burn <laughs> <laughs>